This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deardo with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Tracy Chu, Corporate Vice President of Population Health and Chief Executive of the ACO at Scripps Health. Tracy, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Pleasure to be here. Now, I'm really looking forward to our discussion, and I know there'll be a lot um, we can talk about in terms of what Scripps is doing, some of the big things and accomplishments you've had in the last year, as well as what's ahead. But before we dive into that discussion, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? I'd love to. Um, So my title is Corporate Vice President of Population Health. Really what that means is really working on system-wide efforts to make sure that our patient population is really staying healthy and at home and really creating some systemic um, initiatives and programs to really support our patients. Uh, My other part of my title is Chief Executive of the ACO, and that really encompasses managing our Medicare Shared Savings Program, as well as some direct-to-employer contracts that we have with a very large um, employer within San Diego. Um, I celebrated my 19th year at Scripps this October. Um, I have been in healthcare since 1997. I started my career as a pre-med student, hoping to get into medical school post uh, bachelor's degree. And as I started to work in healthcare, I just understood that uh, there was a lot of problems to solve. And I found that I was attracted to a lot of the problems that encompasses more of the operational areas of healthcare. So, you know, ambulatory clinics in particular has been my focus over the past 19 years. And I started there and I've continued to support ambulatory clinics. I just really enjoy problem solving. And at every level that I've moved up in the organizations, I just continue to enjoy problem solving at a higher level, bigger problems, um, more complex problems. I'm pretty much an operator at heart. I love strategy. I love trying to bridge the gap between how to take strategy and long-term goals and then make it actually operational. And I think sometimes um, strategy is one thing, operations another, and they don't always come together. I like to call it, well, my boss technically calls it stratical. And uh, he likes to say that I am a, a, a stratical leader where I bridge the tactical and the strategy to make it um, operational and make it work. And so that's really kind of my sweet spot in terms of my career. Well, that's amazing. I love that word, stratical. Um, I, I think that certainly can apply to so many of us, especially those, like you said, who are really um, tactical and, and execution oriented to um, make a big difference within the organizations. Yeah. And two, you know, when you look at your two different roles, um, how do you see them coming together, both with the ACO as well as what you do with population health? I can imagine there are a lot of synergies there. Um, why did you decide to combine them or why did the system decide to combine them? Well, technically, I have a third role that I didn't mention, which is uh, I help lead the operations of our Scripps Coastal Medical Center clinics, which is about 19, I'm sorry, 12 clinics across San Diego. It's mostly a primary care based uh, group. And so I partner with the medical group to lead those. So I actually have kind of three hats. So the, the combination of the three hats, which is really operations, 
um, population health, and then the chief executive of the ACO kind of allows me to kind of look at the long-term strategies within population health and then apply those to our Medicare shared savings patients, as well as our direct-to-employer patients, and really test out those strategies and those initiatives, but then also implement them on a broader scale within our primary care clinics. So to be honest, they're, they're very much synergistic in the sense that I get to do all the things I just talked about, strategy down to you know rolling out the operations. And that to me is probably the perfect combination in terms of job, because I get to be responsible for and accountable for the day-to-day -day operations, as well as really leading system-wide efforts and looking forward, you know, in a proactive way. I love that. And definitely, you know, seems like a really smart way to do things. Now, speaking of strategy, how are you thinking about your growth strategy over the next two to three years? What does that really look like for you at Scripps? Yeah, I think at Scripps, you know, we're really focused right now on access. And I will tell you in digital technology and really trying to meld those two things and, and create some level of operational excellence, you know, with COVID over the last three years, I think every healthcare organization, including Scripps, has really been kind of an organization of trying to limit or reduce a lot of the access for patients only because we had to. You know, we couldn't have patients come in. We couldn't have patients be seen in person. There was a lot of managing patients remotely and not really being as um, accessible as we should have. And then through the transition of the pandemic, we found that the need for patients to get in to be seen because they had delayed care during COVID was greater. And I think every healthcare organization is, is experiencing right now this tremendous demand of our patients. And the challenge for all of us will be, how do we balance that access demand for our patients and make sure that we have the right access and provide that care in a timely way. Because we know COVID has had tremendous impact on delay of care for a lot of our patients, which has impacted our overall population health. And I think that it's gonna be a, an area that we'll focus on um, very much in the next couple of years. And so adding then digital technology, making sure that we leverage a lot of the new things like the AI and remote patient monitoring and you know, very strategic outreach to patients, using that to capture our patients, to really provide them the care that they need, that's gonna be something that will allow us to provide that access and maybe not in the same traditional way that we have in the past. Because those are our bottlenecks right now, is the traditional in-office, seeing the doctor face-to-face. -face. That can't always happen, and nor should it. And our consumers, our patients, don't always want that anymore. They've gotten very comfortable with virtual care through COVID. They've gotten much more comfortable with um, receiving care, not just in person. And we should embrace that. Um, and I think we are at Scripps. And then the last thing we're really doing is taking all of that and then leveraging that into more of a virtual or centralized command centers and really trying to drive operational excellence in a way that I don't think we've ever done before. And I don't think it's much different than other organizations, but what we're really focused on is making sure we, we are very targeted in what we're doing. I think everyone can get very distracted with a lot of the new toys out there. And I think it's very important to be very specific very tactical 
very disciplined in where you're going to choose your digital technology interventions, how you're going to centralize and provide virtual care, and where you really want to focus access. Those are such great points, and I can imagine a lot of our um, health systems across the country are trying to figure out similar things in terms of what their digital and virtual care strategy is going to be, how that works in, um, you know, well with their in-person strategy and what care needs to still be in person and how you reconcile all of these things and services that um, health systems need to be providing today. You know, I'm wondering, um, too, from your experience over the last year, if you could tell us about um, the most exciting and impactful project or initiative that you've worked on, I can imagine it goes along these lines and, you know, it would really be interesting to hear some of the results. Well, we really doubled down on a lot of our digital technology and focusing on creating these virtual and centralized command centers for our patients. So creating, you know, care management hubs for patients in primary care supported by RNs, creating you know, one-stop shop for patients in terms of some of our direct-to-employer uh, relationships. Taking on some employer health centers, we've actually acquired or won two bids or one bid that for two clinics for our employee health center within San Diego. And that's really allowed us to kind of create a little bit more of a direct relationship with the employer and their patients and their employees. Um, that was fun and uh, challenging because it was a little bit of a new venture for Scripps. It wasn't us, you know, creating our own clinics, but this was really managing and running a clinic on behalf of an employer, which I think is a little bit of a different mindset, but also really um, consumer-based and forcing us to think a little bit outside the box, which I think is always healthy for every organization to do. And then, you know, working on a lot of the digital technology that um, we've partnered with a few organizations to do very targeted outreach to our patients, targeted education, um, making it easy for them to enroll in maybe third-party applications. I think one of the hardest things with integrated health systems when you contract with many different insurance plans is they all have their own set of vendors, preferred vendors, preferred, you know, um, relationships and partnerships. And what's difficult is making sure that the patients who show up in your office have access to those resources. And then making sure that the doctors are, know what resources are available to that patient based on their insurance plan. It can be a very complex situation. And we've been able to partner with uh, an organization to help identify that in a much easier way. So the physician's not having to do the work. The, the employees aren't having to do the work to say, oh, you happen to have this health plan. So now you have this resource that you can use for mental health services, for instance. Um, we're using automation and digital technology to kind of identify those ahead of time and have the patients enroll ahead of time and then prompt the physician in the in the exam room so that they are aware that this patient has access to this resource. And it makes it all that much easier because it's not that there's sometimes a lack of resources for patients. It's a lack of awareness that those resources, resources are available to them. And so making that easier for the provider as well as the patient is critical. So did a lot of work last year on that and saw a significant success in that area. We actually had one third party app. We had a 140% increase in enrollment with that 
one adjustment in terms of partnering with that um, organization. So uh, we're seeing we're seeing a lot of improvement in patient engagement and enrollment, but we're very specific and very targeted in where we choose to use that. Well, that's amazing to hear. And definitely, you know, kind of the, the both scenarios you put out, whether it's an employee research center and then some of the technology in ways that you're getting more targeted about um, patients and the patient experience is just really impressive to see. And I, I love the fact that, too, you talked about kind of pushing people to get out of their um, kind of comfort zones or, or think about how to be more innovative. Um, and I'm curious, you know, when you're working with your teams and trying to uh, jump into new initiatives or try to again, like have that innovative mindset, what does it take to get people into that space and really um, being productive while also trying to think outside the box? Yeah, I've always believed that the practical um, implementation of our work, it, it depends on making sure that you match the frontline needs of our providers and staff and patients to the system-wide goals um, for scripts. And I've always termed myself the matchmaker. I match make what makes sense and what really is um, challenging for our front lines. And I try to match it with what we're really looking to do at the system level, at a strategy level, and then find where those matches occur and then find ways to solve those problems. So as the matchmaker, part of my role is to make sure that we have a governance structure and a tiered management system that allows for that continual conversation up and down the chain. So making sure that our front lines get feedback, input in the workflows, in the development of the initiatives, and then making sure that that matches at the system level what it takes to actually get us to kind of that next level of performance. So making sure you have the right governance structure and then making sure at every tier along that governance structure, you have the right representatives. It's not an operations thing only. It's not an IS initiative only. It's not a finance initiative only. You've got to make sure that you've got the right stakeholders that represent all the aspects of the organization at every tier. Got it. That makes a lot of sense, you know, and I really love the way you put that, being that matchmaker and being that person who can really identify and then understand how information in the needs of the front lines gets to the top executives and then back down and, and making that all work. Um, that's fascinating. Well, in that vein, I was wondering, what do you think is the most important thing that healthcare executives can do now to make sure that their organizations are successful in the future? I can imagine you can see across many different aspects and areas of the health system, what is important for leaders to know and think about as they're headed into 2024? I think one of the most important things for all leaders right now is to really invest in your teams. I think through COVID, what we've seen is healthcare is really hard and the problems keep getting harder and they're not gonna get easier anytime soon. So making sure that your team, your talent, the people who are solving problems at every tier have what they need to continue to move that, you know, that ball forward. And I invest a significant amount of my time in making sure my leaders, my team members um, have what they need and continue to progress in their problem solving skills and their ability to really manage, you know, the day, the problem at hand today, as well as future problems. I think that's number one. Number two is from a healthcare perspective, I think every 
healthcare leader has to question what is current state, what's the current status quo, and look outward. Look outward beyond healthcare, look outward beyond the status quo, and really make sure that we're questioning our own performance, our own way of doing things. I think healthcare can be an echo chamber. You know, it's it's easy to hear from other healthcare leaders who are doing the same thing. And then you tend to almost commiserate more than you are really learning and pushing each other. So really reaching outside of that and looking to other industries and not copying so much, but really what can you learn from them? The really innovative entrepreneurial types of industries that push the envelopes and do things a little differently because healthcare is changing in a dramatic way. And I think COVID was a perfect example of that. It's forced us to move very quickly. And I think it would be a shame to waste that crisis in a way and not leverage kind of that call to action that COVID forced us all to make and really question a lot of what we're doing. And I think it doesn't mean that we're going to completely change how we deliver healthcare, but it does change your mindset in terms of how you're looking at the problems and you're not solving the problems the same way you always used to. And I think that's gonna be an important thing for us to do as leaders. And I think the last thing is really re-looking at business relationships, your partnerships, your your relationships with your health plans, with, um, with existing employers. I think things are changing in terms of how we get paid in healthcare. And it is important for us to not always go through the traditional, oh, you know, we are going to contract with a health plan and they're going to pay us X amount in rates. And it continues to be that type of ongoing relationship. Our direct to employer relationship we have with a large employer here is a perfect example of that. Um, it has really changed the dynamics of how we deliver care. And instead of having a health plan really be in the middle, we have a direct relationship with this employer. And the health plan is really just there to administer the plan. But the actual changes in how we're delivering care and what we're pushing each other to achieve in terms of population health initiatives and outcomes and improved quality care, that is direct from patient to healthcare provider. And that's an exciting area to look at, something that I think not everyone has an opportunity to do. And at Scripps, it's been one of the greatest areas of learning for us. So continue to find ways to do more of that and really think about how do you change our, your partnerships that you've had in the past in a way that might be a little bit different and better for the patient. That's so inspiring to hear. Tracy, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast with us today. I really appreciate your time, you know, and, and have learned a lot from you already. So thank you for your time today. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you. I had a great time. Appreciate the time. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way. Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.